0: Welcome to class number two of Kuntrosenyon Shel Tera or what we call in English "On the Essence of Chassidus." Again, this is a project we're doing in partnership with Chayeno. Every week in Chayeno, they have uh, an excerpt of the Mimer, and we're going to be learning the excerpt that is uh, that is there in, in that week's issue. So, if you remember, last week we discussed four possible definitions or descriptions of what Chassidus is. What's Chassidus? What's it all about? And just to review, um, the first one was the more of the historical, right? That was Chassidus came along during a critical juncture uh, in history for the Jewish people uh, and and roused them from their, from their faint-like state. Second one was uh, Chassidus is an ethical system to teach us to go beyond the letter of the law like the one who burns his nails like it talks about in the talmud um, even though he's not required to do so but he, he, he takes the extra step to do so um, then we spoke about siddhis as a a system for the transformation of character traits to actually not only change natural tendencies but the nature of tendencies themselves and we explained the, the, what the novelty of that statement is. Uh, and then the fourth possible description of Chesidis, we said it's a language for um, making the esoteric, namely the Kabbalistic, relatable, even for people who are not very spiritually lofty or, or, or sensitive. And those were the four suggested uh, definitions. And if you want to review that again, you can watch uh, class one over again. But uh, this is just to, you know, get us up to speed. All right. Now, let's look in chapter two as the Rebbe Now rejects all four of those definitions. Not because any, any of them are incorrect or untrue, but for another reason entirely. So let's, let's, let's take a look here. It is understood and obvious for reasons that we will get into later. The teachings of Chesidus are one point that is not a composite or a conglomerate of other details. We're going to explain this later at length. But for now, let's just take it as an axiom that Torah's Chassidus, the teachings of, uh, of Chassidus, has to be distilled down to one essential idea, and not a conglomeration of, of uh, aspects. Okay, um, you know, there's the old, uh, I guess, uh, metaphor, parable. It's not of Jewish origin, but from it's you know, the, a worldly parable about the blind men and the elephant, right? So, one blind man said an elephant is very much like a boa constrictor. And one blind man said an elephant's very much like a tree trunk. And one blind man said an elephant's very much like the flap of a tent. One blind man said an elephant's very much like a wall. And the, 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 the fifth blind man said an elephant's very much like a rope. So, which one was correct? Well, the, the blind man that said the elephant's like a boa constrictor was touching the trunk. And the blind man who said the elephant is like a tree trunk was touching the, the foot, and the blind man said an elephant's like a wall was touching the body, and the blind man said an elephant's like the flap of a tent was touching the ear, and the blind man said an elephant's like a rope was touching the tail. So they were all describing aspects of the elephant, but none of those aspects are the elephant. So we're, we're, we're trying to understand what is this and, and what the Rebbe is saying here, uh, for reasons that we will explain later, this must be distilled to one essential point, not the conglomeration of Details. And therefore, let's continue. Since all of the explanations that we just gave, as well as many other explanations that are given, that I've said four of them, there are more than four. And they're all legitimate. These legitimate explanations, and, and as well as many other legitimate explanations of what Siddhis is all about, they are. They're all different virtues, different specific qualities. So, being so, we are forced to conclude, we must say, none of those virtues or qualities capture the essence of the teachings of Chassidus. In other words, they're all true aspects, they're true... Uh, features or properties of Teyr S'Chsedes, but none of them are it—the essence, the single idea, the core, which is, as we will see, is is as a theme in this in this discourse. The idea of distilling Chsedes and truly, you know, dis- truthfully to, to to distill everything down to a core essential idea. Muhusa shall Chsedes <haxidis> hinekuda atmis. The essence of Chassidus is is one idea, one essential idea, that is stripped from any details. However, from that essential point are derived, or or maybe a way to say, they branch out all of these different uh, features. But these features are symptoms, not the cause. In other words, there's one underlying idea, what Chassidus really is, which we haven't yet put our finger on. And all the different definitions are correct descriptions of some aspect of Chassidus, or some outcome of Chassidus, but none of them are the essence. Hanakudu <laughs> The essential point of Chassidus is Now we're going to sum it all up We're going to make it very easy for you I'm saying that with tongue in cheek Guys, it's very simple You know what Chassidus The essence of Chassidus really is It's like it says in the Rebbe Rashab's Mimer, which was referred to earlier Actually, it's a Mimer from Tafr Shain Which actually isn't Tafr Shain Beis Bass is 1912 but it's actually a whole hemshich, it's a series of discourses which lasted many years. So actually this particular discourse, I believe, is from uh, Tofresh Ayin... Hey? Yeah, I think it's from 1915. It's actually Podov Shalom. it's a Yud Teskislav Maimer. Remember this discourse the Rebbe said on Yud Kislav, And uh, so the Rebbe is referring to a Yud Kislav discourse of the Rebbe R'shab, the fifth Rebbe, from uh, the year 1915. So over there, it says, what's the essence of Chesidus? It's the elicitation of a new light from the inner dimension of Kaser, the crown, the proto-Sphira, the Sphira above spheroes. You know, from from Chochma down to Malchus, you have 10, and then Kaser is sort of the the all-encompassing, the crown, literally the crown that goes on top of the anthropomorphic model. So Kaser is, you know, transcendent. Um, so what's this It is the elicitation of a new light from the inner dimension of kasser and even higher than that, Pinimius Atik Mamish. It is literally an elicitation of light from the inner dimension of Atik. Atik is the inner dimension of kasser uh, as opposed to arech, there's atik and there's arech, different dimensions of keser itself. Beginis ain't of shenim tzobarad law, which is actually, if you trace it even higher, it is the reisha, de is, isyado. The beginning, or the head, which is unknown, or more aptly, unknowable. The unknowable origin of all reality. So this is a manifestation of a light from that source. Okay? Great, thank you. <laughs> Aha, now, oh, why didn't you say so? Should have said in the first place. Okay, I'm joking around because obviously, you know, words like that are very, very lofty. Um, but that's why, you know, we have a whole discourse here to unpack that. What does that really mean? And by the end, with Hashem's help, we'll we'll be able to relate to it. Okay, let's continue. The This concept, which is Spoken of in the Maimah, the Maimah that we're referring to, of the Rebbe Rishab, Machriach All of the different aspects or the different qualities, virtues of Chesidus that are described in different sources, they're all just various manifestations or outgrowths of the essential point of Chesidus. So. These qualities that we enumerated, as well as many others, they are true descriptions of some aspect of Chassidus, uh, and all of those aspects are a manifestation of the essence of Hasidis, but that's precisely the point. They're just manifestations of the essence of Chassidus, they're not the essence of Chassidus. Since, after all, like we just said, Chassidus is a manifestation of the infinite, it's readily understandable, when you're talking about a manifestation of the infinite, asher ain't sov me. Infinity is an essence. Infinity, that's interesting because there's different ways of looking at infinity, mathematically speaking. Is infinity simply just a sum of finite parts? When you have all the finite parts, then you have infinity? Or is infinity actually a completely different concept, which is not a sum of finite parts? Meaning something which is essentially infinite, therefore it is indivisible. It's an essence, an atzmi, to use the Hebrew. Therefore, all the different qualities that emerge from it are just that. They're just qualities that emerge from it. So if we're talking about a manifestation of the inner light of Keser, and even higher than that, the Pnimias Atik, that comes from Rad Law, the unknowable origin of all, which is, after all, synonymous with the infinite itself, Therefore, whatever we're talking about has to be something that doesn't lend itself to any specific quality. Now, how are we going to do that? I mean, just, there's a language problem here. How are we going to describe the indescribable? How are we going to put our finger on something that, by definition, once you put your finger on it, so now you're talking about, a, you know, it's like the blind man saying it's the trunk and not the tail or the body, not the foot. So that's our challenge. That's the challenge we have laid before us here. But we know what chassidus is not. Or I sh- I, I, let, let me take back those words. Because the Rebbe didn't say chassidus is not those things. Chassidus is those things, but those things are not chassidus. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Chassidus manifests itself as all of those things, but all of those things, even put them all together and add them into one beautiful conglomeration, that's still not chassidus because there's an essence which is, which is indivisible which is uh, true infinity and we have yet to uh, we have yet to put that into words and we're gonna that's what we're gonna endeavor to do during uh, throughout this discourse. Okay. So that brings us to the end of chapter two. Let, let's continue. Chapter three Now, Little disclaimer here. What we just said about chesedus actually applies to all areas of Torah. We said Torah's Khsidis isn't a specific thing; it's it's infinite. It's everything. The truth is, you could say that about all of Torah, any area of Torah, any field within Torah. It's infinite. It's everything. All things. The Rebbe proceeds to explain. Hatayra kol hamine n'im Torah contains within it every type of virtue that exists in the world. Anything that's good, anything that's useful, you can find it in Torah. And in general, what kind of virtues exist in the world? Intellectual and emotional. And we say this based on the microcosm, the (laughs) oylem koten, the microcosm of a person. Person generally has two kinds of uh, capacities, intellectual capacities and emotional capacities. So if there are intellectual virtues and emotional virtues, meaning great ideologies, th- those will be intellectual virtues, and um, let's call it uh, refined character traits, good middice, that would be you know uh, emotional qualities. So whatever you can find in good ideas and good ways of being all of that, whatever you can find in the world, you can trace it to Teira. In regard to the latter, which are good uh, conduct and good character traits, so the laws, meaning the ethical laws, civil law, that kind of stuff, what we call Mishpatim, and, and, and the Ethics of Teirah, Darhiya Musar. Musar means the ethics, I mean roughly translated. The like what you would find in Tractate Oves, in the Ethics of Our Fathers. All of those ethical teachings and legal teachings, they are the ultimate in goodness and truth. any... Ethical system that human beings have devised on their own, meaning that has come from human intelligence. They all are unavoidably mixed with good and bad. truth and falsehood. There's no perfect system that man has ever devised. Any good that can be found in any of these ethical systems can be traced to Torah. So you read a self-help book and you're like, oh, wow, that sounds so Jewish. That sounds like it's, you know, that sounds like Torah. Well, Lahavdul, yeah, that, it's kind of true because anything that you like about, you know, seven habits of whatever, you know, whatever it's called. I don't remember, was it seven habits? Or, what? <laughs> yeah. or how to win friends and influence people, whatever the, you know, the Chochmah uh, Ba that exists in whatever generation. So you're reading, oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, okay, it is a good point. Uh and it exists within Teta. The only difference is within Teta, it's all a hundred percent glott kosher. Everything is true and everything is good. And every other system, you gotta you know you gotta be more selective. And it's not all uh, true and it's not all good. And to make it even more difficult, not only is it not all true and not all good, sometimes you can't tell which parts. <laughs> are true and good and which parts are false and bad. Right? So then probably it's just easier to not get your worldview from those sources and just Lahavdal just go to Toyota where you know it's gonna be all kosher, all compatible with your with your soul. Okay, at any rate, let's continue. The Rebbe tells a very, very interesting story here. And the Rebbe tells it Bekitsr, but actually it's it's from a letter that the Fiddik wrote, the Rebbe, it happened to the Fiddik himself—and he tells the story in first person in his letter, and it's printed. Uh, it's actually printed in the Fiddik Rebbe's igres. Uh let, Let's read it here, and I'll, I'll fill in some more of the details. hasipur, <laughs> as is well known, the story. made admur from the Fiddik my father-in-law, the Fiddik Rebbe. min on one of his travels. So the Friede explains that he was once on a train from Peterburg. It was called Peterburg at that time. This was right before the revolution. I believe, well the letter was written before the revolution, so the story obviously happened before the revolution. From the story it's evident that revolutionary ideas were already fomenting and that's kind of what the discussion was about. So the Friede says he was on the train and uh, he mentions he was sitting in second class. He said, I was surrounded by uh, government people I guess it means a certain like, level of people who are not like the, the aristocracy, but, you know, also they're not, they're not schleppers, right? So he says w- there were like government people and there were like some uh, clergy. I- I'm assuming, you know, Russian Orthodox would be the religion. Um, and uh, they were getting this intellectual conversation. And the discussion was, what is the ideal form of government? Is it monarchy? Oh, and the video mentions that they had just celebrated the 300th anniversary of the Romanov family's rule. The Romanov family is the family that, until, uh, I mean, the last Romanov ruler was the last monarch of, of Russia, Nikolai II, who was executed, he and his family were executed uh, in 1917. I was like on the Smirnoff bottle when it says purveyors to the Tsar through 1917. What happened in 1917 that Smirnoff stopped serving vodka to the Tsar? Well, the Tsar stopped drinking vodka in 1917. He stopped a lot of things in 1917. At any rate, okay, so (laughs) it was the 300th anniversary of the Romanov family's rule and so they were getting into this discussion. I guess communism was already sort of like in the air and they were discussing, what is the ideal form of government? Is it monarchy, that Friedrich Rebbe says, or socialism? And then some people even said communism. I'm just telling you the words that, are, that the Friedrich Rebbe uses in the letter, okay? And, uh, and democracy wasn't even one of them, by the way. And, and I don't know where they would have fit, those people in their discussion, where they would have fit democracy. But uh, the point is, you know, Winston Churchill said, democracy is the absolutely worst form of government, devised by man until you'll compare it with all the others. And that's sort of what we're saying here. It's the worst form of government devised by man. So they were discussing all these man-made political systems. And as you'll see, the punchline is precisely that, that these are all man-made systems. All right, I'm sort of, this is a spoiler alert, I'm giving away the punchline already. So they were discussing all these different man-made political systems. Happened to be the ones they were talking about was monarchy, communism, socialism. At least that's how the Firdekove describes it. Okay, so, his kama anoshim. Many people were debating. They were giving biblical proofs because remember there were uh, Christians there, so I guess they were familiar with with scripture. They were trying to give like biblical proofs, which of these governmental systems are more in line with with Torah. Maschemis, which one does Torah agree with? mehem had a and they were all giving proofs from Torah for their opinion. when they asked the Fidduch Rebbe's opinion regarding this, Anna, he answered. So they wanted to know, what does the Rebbe say? What, which one of these man-made systems is in line with Torah. Okay, so I already gave away the punchline. Hat Taita being the ultimate in truth and goodness. Yeshnam bo kolho It has within it all the good that's found in all the other approaches. They don't have all the good. Even if you put them all together, they don't have all the good that Torah has. But if you put together all of their good, you can find all of that in Torah. So, this is a side story, but the, the point is, we're saying that there are, there are virtues in the world, emotional and intellectual, and, and but any virtue you find, be it emotional or, or intellectual, you can find the same thing in Torah. So, whatever virtue you find in this ism or that ism, you can find in Torah. But conversely, it doesn't work the other way around, Torah is not aligned... Lahav deal with any particular ism. So I know there's a debate tonight, presidential debate, and by saying this, I'm dating this class because someone's going to be watching this in the future and they're like, oh, yeah, talking about that, that crazy time. Yeah, so, you know, which ism, conservatism or liberalism, those are the big isms today, right? It, it, by the way, it, it changes so fast. I mean, Jews have been around for 3,300 years, so we've, we've been through a lot of isms. So which one, conservatism or liberalism, which one is aligned with Teut- neither, they're isms. And yeah, they both have good ideas. And by the way, the Friedrich could say communism has some good ideas in it, you know, the Eberber was arrested by the communists, he was tormented by the communists, his sim were murdered by communists, and yet he was able to recognize it has some good ideas. Right? The, the people always say, communism is good on paper, but well, no, even on paper, Communism as a whole isn't good. Even on paper, it's not good. It has some good ideas. But everything has good ideas. Yeah, everything has good ideas. Every ism has some good. How much? How bad? You know, some, some isms are 99% rotten and 1% true. And some are 90% maybe. I don't know. I'm just guessing that there might be something that's 99% true. But there's a 1% that's not that's not MS. It's not true. The point is, they're all man-made. So they're all going to have a certain limit being created by finite minds, they're going to be finite. And only Torah, Torah as a reflection of the infinite, is going to have everything in it. So what we are saying before, Chassidus is infinity, and therefore it can't be described by any particular description. And then we said, well the truth is, all Torah is infinity. And therefore that's why you find all good milois, whether they be emotional or intellectual, in Torah. Let's continue here. We just said regarding emotional traits. Regarding intellectual traits. Toida is the ultimate chokma. Put them all together. and Whatever truth you can find in all the different allergies. I guess there's the isms and the allergies, right? So all the truth, all the wisdom that you can find in all the allergies, you can find those same truths in Toida. Kamesha kosov kihi. Because it Torah is your wisdom and understanding in the eyes of the nations. Even the nations recognize ultimately that the Jewish people are very lucky. We have access to this wisdom, this wisdom which is incomparable and uh, is categorically different than any Lahavdal than any other wisdom because it is a perfect uh, system of wisdom. And it is perfect because it is a, an expression of the infinite. Therefore it has everything. Continue. Now we're going to get a little mystical. And not only are all good ideas and all good character traits in the world found in Taita, but the ongoing existence of reality is dependent upon Torah. In fact, dependent even on, a, on the preservation of a tiny little detail of a Torah law. He's referring to, here to something that the, the Alter Rebbe says in Tanya, the, the last portion of Tanya, in Kuntur But uh, we're not gonna get into it here because we, we have to finish up. But uh, the idea that whether a halacha, like for instance, in a korban, in, a, in, a, in, a, in an offering, in a sacrifice, is followed to the T, to the letter, that tiny little detail of Torah law can determine whether or not a certain elicitation of divine energy will enter the world or not. So the point is that the ongoing uh, existence of the world receiving its, its creative energy from, from Hashem is dependent upon tiny little details of Torah law. So everything, everything that you can find in the world, the point is this is what we're saying, everything you can find in the world ultimately... Um, It pales in comparison to the perfection that is Torah. Omnam, however, lezuhi mahuseshalat Torah. But that's not the essence of Torah. Hear what we just said? Every smart idea, it's in Torah. Every fine character trait, it's in Torah. Every detail of reality is dependent on Torah. Those are really amazing statements, and yet none of those statements reflect the essence of Torah. You know why? Because mahuseshalat Torah. Because the essence of Torah is that it is united with the infinite, which is enclosed within it in a complete, perfect unity. Therefore, Since all of the worlds, which are finite, are therefore nothing compared to the infinite, what proportion is the finite to the infinite, no proportion. So it's as if it's non-existent. So same thing about Teira. Since the world is nothing compared to the infinite, well the infinite is enclosed within Teira, therefore the world is nothing compared to Teira. So therefore to praise Teira by saying, you know what, all the good ideas in the world are in Teira. All the good character traits you can find in the world are in Teira. All the existence of the world is dependent upon Teira. Yeah, that's not praising Torah. You know why? Because you're praising Torah by comparing it to something that is categorically beneath it. You're comparing it to the world, creation, which is finite. While Torah is infinite. So it's not a a praise. And that's why. That's why you don't praise Torah by comparing it to all of the vitality of the world. Because the vitality of the world is comparatively insignificant. Allah rather, but rather because of the essential point of Taita.. it automatically contains within it all the virtues, all the good points that are found in the world,. And then through that, Toyota is also the vivifying flow, the source of life, for all those things. But those things are finite things. Those are features. Those are outcomes. Those are expressions. But none of them uh, point to the essence. Now, how are we going to point to the essence of infinity? Okay, that, I, like I said, we have our work cut out for us. We're only at the very beginning of this discourse. We're on a journey. Okay, so we just said that this applies to all parts of Taita. Not just Chassidus. However, Although all of Teira, all areas, what, what can you say about all of them equally? They are uh, united with the infinite light. Nevertheless, You see that more in Chassidus. You know, that, that expression, the Jews are like everybody else, only more so. So, <laughs> Chassidus is like all of Torah, only more so. So, if Torah is infinity, which cannot be limited to being described only by one feature or another feature, and that's true of all Torah, so that's even more true of Hasidis, or maybe I shouldn't say more true, more evident. That's why, you know, the Maimer says, the Chassidus is this expre- expression of law of this unknowable beginning, because what we're talking about is really something, it's not a level, it's not a particular level within uh, divinity, it is the essence of, of all. That's what all Torah is, but you see it more in khsidis. How so? Because all the different areas of Torah, and by areas of Torah here, we're going to, for convenience, refer to four general categories Pshat, Drush, and Soit. And I'm not going to get into it right now what each one is. We mentioned it actually last week as well, but we're going to talk about it at length, so I'm not going to get into the particulars now of defining each one. But you have the pshat, which is the very literal, you have the remes, which is allusion, allusion, not illusion, allusion, uh, drush, which is the homiletical, and soyd, which is the esoteric. All of these four levels have a particular form. In other words, I, and I don't mean this, to use this word disrespectfully at all, but there are genres. A genre has certain tropes. Has certain signatures of it of, of that style. So each of these Toira, pshat, have their tropes. They have their format which they take on. Okay? a certain hallmark feature that really expresses that area of toyra. But that trope or that style or that signature covers up the simple infinite essence of the of the of the that's in it. It is the concealment that is described as a garment that cannot be removed. In other words, you know, it's like you know, and you have. An element which is it is so uh, um, inextricable from the features of the genre that if you were to remove it, you know it would no longer be that thing. So you know if pshat has certain features, let's say by definition, but that it talks about the literal level. So if you would take that feature out, then it's not pshat anymore. You know, it's like you know what, what, what's a milkshake without the milk? You know, I, I don't know, but it's not a milkshake. Okay, so each of these levels, they have their features and these forms or, or, or formula or um, styles. Again, I don't mean the, the, these terms disrespectfully. disrespectful, we're talking about Torah, which is, which is infinity. But they have their different styles and the styles sort of conceal the, the infinity, which is Psytus, which is simplicity, and, and not limited to a particular style or another. Are you going to say well, why does that apply to the other halakha? Teyr pshat that I'm Why not to chsiddes as well? Let's continue and finish the iluteyr of However, the teachings of chsiddes mekevin she'ena mugdres beezetziur. They are not limited. They're not contained to a particular format. Vhatziurim she'inyin shberchsiddes misgala al yodim kilevush tachleifem viachleifu. Any stylism that's in Khsidis is like a garment that can be removed. In other words, the stylistic uh, tropes within Chesidus, not to say that there, that there, there aren't certain uh, formulaic um, signatures within Chesidus, but they can all be removed, they're all dispensable. therefore, what's, what's the obvious uh, example of this? Xiddus contains within it all the levels, Pshat, Remez, Drush, and Seid, and actually enlivens all of those four levels. So, Xiddus is sort of like um, this undefinable area of Torah. You know, you you learn Xiddus, and and, and, you you learn one line of it, you think you're learning Kabbalah, you learn another line of it, you think you're learning Pshat on a Pasek in Chumash, you learn another line, you think you're learning Medrash, you learn another line, and you know, it's talking about Gematria and Rosh and, you know, so which is, it? how do you nail it down? And, and the truth is, you can't, because the point of Chassidus is it's not uh, defined by its form. Therefore, the form, whatever form it has, doesn't truly conceal the simplicity of the infinite, which is within it. Right, so that's the end of chapter 3. And uh, we're going to have to end here for tonight.